what is the flipping story, everybody? Welcome to the Flip the Script podcast with Conor O'Keefe. Um, I hope you guys are having a wonderful time, whatever you're doing or wherever you are in the world. I hope that you are happy and well. Um, right now, it is just before sunrise. I am looking out at the sky and it is a steel colour grey. And it is awaiting the arrival of the sun. It's quite a wild morning actually. The bare tree branches are being rustled by the wind. And I'm very, very glad to be sitting in my nicely lit, warm kitchen. Looking out at the the elements in work. And the last couplet of leaves that are in any way left on the branches have been swirling around the front of the window. So I'm very, very happy to be warm and to be cosy inside my house this morning. So, well... First of all, I just want to say the feedback that I have gotten from episode one and episode two has just been incredible. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I am so pleased that people are getting so much from the podcast and I feel like I haven't even started yet. I feel like I haven't even started yet. I feel like I'm only just getting the engines going. You know what I'm saying? I'm just firing it up. You know what I'm saying? It's it's still it's still like the, the the windscreen is still defrosting on this podcast. You know, I haven't I haven't hopped in and started driving yet. So thank you so much for all of the messages of support and the feedback that I've been getting on the podcast. It's been absolutely incredible. Um this is the this is the first podcast where I'm like Moving away from more about a narrative about my life and like actually just picking an issue or picking a uh, like maybe like a, a segment of society and deciding to speak about it, right? And um, I wanna I wanna flip the script on this particular subject. This is this is what I wanna do, right? I wanna flip the script on this particular subject and. I have I have had to flip the script for myself and that's why I want to talk about it and hopefully you'll flip the script on it. But I want to take a very different approach. I want to try something out. We're in the early stages of the podcast and I want to try something out, right? I'm going to talk today about motivation. It's probably the mo- the question I most frequently asked in my on my Instagram page on Q&As on podcast that I've been guests on on everything is here Connor how to flip do you stay so motivated by I, I I I I don't stay motivated every day I don't like people say yeah you stay motivated every day to do these things like and I'm like no I I don't I don't stay motivated right because I think it's actually like it's impossible to wake up every single day, fling back the covers and go, oh my God, I cannot wait to rip this fucking day apart. This day is absolutely mine. I am going to make the absolute most of it. I am bouncing around the gaff, running up in the walls, doing flipping backflips in my kitchen. You know what I mean? Waiting for the kettle to boil. No, you, you don't wake up every day like that. Like You know what I mean? So I don't think we should be looking for that. Now, I think we're looking for the wrong thing here. You know, so what I propose is that we're going to flip the script on motivation. We're going to get rid of it. We're going to get rid of the idea of being motivated out of our out of our script, right? And instead, what I'm going to propose is that we can have action without motivation, and that's called discipline, and that's a completely different animal, and it is one that can be crafted over time, can be strengthened and can be maintained, which I don't believe is the same about motivation. I think you need an awful lot of external factors for there to be motivation in your life. You know what I'm saying? But I I really thought about this idea of motivation, right? And I think it would be very, very interesting. I think I've got an interesting approach to the idea of the beginnings of motivation, why it came into our um our our psyche, into our lives, and why now in, in twenty twenty 
we're constantly searching for it that's that that's why i want to kind of backtrack a bit and i want to realize that you know i want on people to realize that you know motivation is is something that we didn't always need we didn't always have we didn't even have a word for it all the time you know but that discipline is something that we can we can cultivate that we can bear fruit it can bear us fruit year round right and it's something that can be actually crafted and and um and maintained right so what i'm going to propose is this idea right is that at one point in time in human history right i'm going to be reaching far back nobody's you know what i mean but it should be very very interesting when we come to the come to the end here you'll be like you know what connor you actually you actually onto something by believe it or not you know what i mean the cork lad here he has some crazy wacky ideas but he might be onto something here and what i'm proposing is that at one point in time our lives as human beings were 100% hard and 0% easy right and at a point in time we started chipping away at that 100% we started chipping away at the 100% hardness and and eating into the easy part of life so we 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 started off 99% 95% oh we dropped a bit now 75% and where it is interesting for us as human beings and and in the development of this script of motivation is when it hit 50% hard and 50% easy and then there's I'm going to borrow a term from one of my favorite authors here Malcolm Gladwell his first book is called The Tipping Point if you haven't read it read it it's a fantastic read and he, he basically a tipping point is is any kind of um movement or divergence in society that there is a certain point in time where things start to move and change more quickly more rapidly and and that's the tipping point that starts trends and viruses and all these kind of things viral activity right and what we're interested in is when did the 50% hard and 50% easy go to 49% hard and 51% easy and how did how it has kept going in that vein and how we've been taking ginormous leaps towards creating this easy life in and around the emergence of the internet and and kind of up until the modern day we've been taking ginormous chunks out of this like you know what i mean we've been there absolutely gnawing at the hard life like the hard life is 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 well if you're talking about the you know Europe and North America and you know those areas the easy life is is fat is like vast growing vastly growing you know what i mean we were we've gotten we've gotten rid of a lot of the the hard times you know and like my idea here is just to fucking give a bit of like background into like how we took some of these percentages off and just in a very, very interesting way, how motivation came about. And then I'm going to basically tell you how I've developed not motivation every day, but how I've developed a, a sense of personal discipline. You know, it's called self-discipline because it comes from the self. It comes from you, it comes from the person. You're not looking, you're not looking around the gaff for videos or people to give you discipline. You know what I mean? That's something that you derive from yourself. You know what I mean? And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Discipline is is a is a certain form of freedom. You know, it's a certain form of freedom to to go about and and um, and realize the ideas and the 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 tasks that you want to do. You know, and it's a fantastic thing. It really is. So let's get to it, right? Let's get to this now. We're gonna break this down. This is not like a, a hot take as um as blind boy would put it but i suppose people that would enjoy blind boys podcast will probably enjoy this because there's a bit of like you know there's a bit of a, a backtrack through history and how it kind of it, it resonates with us so i i thought to myself where did this word motivation come from you know what i mean because like words are invented boys you know like like we didn't we didn't just start out talking like this like words get invented all the time we're still adding words to the the vernacular we're still adding words to the the dictionary our vocabulary is is constantly growing and changing and moving you know so we added motivation 
um, to the English language. English, English tongues first started uttering the word motivation in the late 19th century, right? It com- it's actually Latin, movere, which gives us the word move and motive, right? Motive, you know, the reasons why you do shit is your motive, you know, your M.O. You hear rappers going, you know, it's not my M.O. It's not my motivation. It's not my motive, you know? So we get motivation from those words. So motivation is kind of like, as as it kind of probably um, sounds and what it will kind of draw from you is movement. You know what I mean? It's like forward. Th- those kind of words, they draw that out of us. You know what I mean? That, that thought of movement out of us. You know what I mean? And it's very, very interesting. What was happening in and around that time in life when motivation came about came about because i feel like we, we were we were starting to develop the first the first group of people that you know had a somewhat easy life at that time but we're, we're not actually taking huge chunks out of life's life's ease for for another another good while but like it like we've been wanting to make life easy for ourselves for thousands of years Right, seventeen and a half thousand years ago, right, there was these boys ca- called the Salutrians, right, or the Salutrians, whatever way you want to call it, right. These boys were were located in around where Spain and France is now, right. And what separated these boys from everybody else is they were legit stone workers, and they made decent spearheads and weaponry for hunting, right. And for 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 argument's sake, this is where I think we're going to take our first percent off of the hard, easy percentage, right? So we're now at 99% hard and 1% easy because we're inventing these tools that make hunting easier. So hunting is now more time efficient and... Uh, you're less tired when you're actually doing the the hunting because you have to you have to throw less spears, you have to put less energy into it. Now there's still a, a, a ridiculous amount of effort and threat, and you know you could even die when you're out hunting doing these boys. Many a time these boys go out and hunt stuff, they're getting killed up, like you know what I mean, straight up. But this is when I think we took our first percent off, right? And it's from the Salutrian boys. We're looking these boys up. It's really really cool civilization, right? And we took another big chunk off in and around this time, right? And one of the biggest movements forward for us in, in ancient times, in prehistoric times, was the domestication of dogs. The domestication of the dog, right? So, like, dogs come from wolves, but it's not the grey wolf that we know today. The wolf that, like, per, like proposed dogs come from so like dogs like um the 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 dogs that we see you know wandering around the gaff nowadays they are far removed from the first dogs we ever had and those dogs came from a wolf that doesn't even exist anymore but anyway we domesticated them motherfuckers so we decided these boys are pretty cool we're going to domesticate them and what that does is it frees up our uh, ability to keep guard of our village. So we're, we're guarding our village against rival villages, against predatory animals, against all sorts of things with these dogs. They're guard dogs. That's what, I, that's what I think anyway, is one of the biggest things that these dogs brought to our lives was a sense of ease. We could relax a bit. You know what I mean? Take it easy. You know, Bruno and Rover are already outside looking around the gaff, sniffing around the gaff there. Their keen senses are coming into play here now, you know. So, and like, it is in and around this time, and like, just to keep it in and around the France and Spain area, just because it's kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an area that we're very familiar with in, in Ireland and in Europe. Like, there's a place called Fort de Guam, where they found a, a cave drawing, right, of a dog, that's 19,000 years old. That's how, that's what they dated it back to is 19,000 years old. So we've been domesticating dogs all up in here. Dogs have been domesticated. We domesticated the shit out of dogs ages ago, which I think is pretty cool. Fair play to us. Fair play to ancient us because uh, it's pretty cool, I think, you know. And the, the next thing that kind of, I suppose, um, 
took a big chunk out of it. Let's say we're at 98%. Dogs knocked a percent off. Life is still ridiculously hard and tough. Like, it's, like, unimaginably tough. Like, imagine that every single scrap of human civilization was taken away, like, in an instant. You click your fingers and everything's gone. That's what they were living in. They had no way of, like, you know what I mean? They had to build their own tools out of rocks, boys. You know what I mean? Like, if you ask me to build a tool, build my own tools out of rocks, like, like, sh- like I have to use rocks. <laughs> I have to use rocks to build the rock tools. You know what I mean? So then I have to know what's hard rock and what's soft rock. And then I have to know how to shape these things to make them sharp. Boys, like, it's tough, like. You know what I mean? Life's tough back then. You know what I mean? So we knocked another percent off with the, with the doggos. We're at 98%. And then we do something. We'll fast forward another couple of thousand years and we domesticate another animal, right? We domesticate horses, right? And horses, you see, horses is is a strange one, right? Horses, apparently we domesticated horses around 6,000, 5,500 years ago, right? And, like, that was a ginormous step forward for human beings, right? Now, this is, like, this is my own take on a lot of these things, you know, but, like, Think about you as a person, as a human being. How much weight do you think that you could carry over a long distance, right? Me, myself, as a 21st century man, with all the nutrition that I've been able to avail of throughout my life, and the strength training that I've done and the conditioning that I've done, I'd say that I could probably carry 20 kilos. As an 80 kilo man, so one quarter of my weight I could carry over a fairly long distance, you know, be fairly fucked at the end of it too, you know what I mean, I would be fucking goosed, if I had to to haul 80, or if I had to haul 20 kilos, right, and I had to do it for 50 kilometers, lads, I'd be absolutely bad at the end of it, like, you'd be goosed, so, you think back now to the boys 6,000 years ago, they'd be eating grasses and all types of different stuff, they don't have, you know what I mean, they're not popping down to Aldi, you know, to get the feckin', you know, to get an old, uh, uh, a rotisserie chicken up in here. You know what I mean? They're not going to little get them freshly baked goods. You know, they're not coming out with a, with a, with a packet of cookies when they only went, you know, in for, for a carton of milk. You know? These boys don't have the same nutrition as I do. So, let's t- talk about 6,000 years ago, right? What could the boys be carrying? They were probably tiny. They were probably a lot shorter, a lot smaller. They couldn't carry very much. So... When you got horses, I would imagine one of the biggest things that would change about life when we had horses was they would do an awful lot of work for us and they would carry things. So like horses, but I just even think of the word horse, like you're a horse of a man. Like that's like, you know, like you see a big rugby player dude now or something like that. Jeez, he's a horse of a man. You know what I mean? Because horses are big units and they're good at carrying shit and they're strong and fast and agile and they got all the good stuff. They're way better than us at carrying stuff. So this is a huge leap forward for us. Right? So, and like, where we actually, like, this is the thing. I, I went to, I went digging a bit, right? And like, horses were first domesticated apparently in southwest russia ukraine kazakhstan area right now six thousand years ago those places weren't probably called those places they weren't there wasn't nobody at the border of kazakhstan you know checking passports are you ukrainian or you kazakhstani you know nobody's doing that then it's too old you know what i mean it's too far ago there ain't nobody doing that you know so um that's uh, uh, apparently where the the first horses have were kind of invented, and that's where we kind of that's the hypothesis that we kind of basically have been sticking to for the last good while. But then the boys in Cambridge goes here, boys. We've been domesticating horses all over the place, not just in Russia and in Kazakhstan and in the Ukraine. Where where we? It's not just there that we've been domesticating these horses. It's just that this is six thousand years ago. This is. 5,000 years plus away from um, for, from Johannes Gutenberg inventing the printing press, right? It's incredibly hard to get messages out to people. So, like, you, like, if you're in, you know, the west coast of France and there's other boys in Kazakhstan and you're both after domesticating horses and you're both after making, you know, you're both, you're both made horses into workhorses. There's no way of knowing that either of ye have done this. So they probably were springing up all over the gaff. 
you know? So it's it's very, very difficult for us to say, like it's, there's these are all hypotheses. It's very, very difficult for us to say with any certainty where horses came about, but anyway. This has all been leading to chipping away at this hard, easy percentage. And we've been slowly but surely, we're, we're going to start writing this script of motivation and, and, and the need for motivation. So let's say a horse has knocked off another 3%. We're at 95% hard, 5% easy life at this time, right? And so I, this is kind of all setting us up for a big jump into the future here, right? Because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to move up really, really fast now and we're going to we're going to take it up to more modern times right but basically what i wanted to 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 tell you guys is we've been wanted to make life easier for ourselves through the use of tools and through the use of 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 technology and through the use of animals and of machinery since like you know a long time ago 20,000 years ago right so We've been constantly setting ourselves up for this easier life. We've always wanted an easier life. And that's one of the things that separates us from animals. Like an antelope 15,000 years ago is probably, you know, living in and around the same life as an antelope now, basically. Do you get what I'm saying? We've been the ones that have been kind of constantly moving forward, innovating and making life easier on ourselves, right? So, right, all of these things... All of these things have led to, um, in the kind of 16th, 17th, 18th century, right, to us basically becoming far more efficient at, um, at making food, right, agriculture, right. Now, apparently, we had the first kind of, you know, the beginnings of agriculture 12,000 years ago. Again, it's coming from the east. In Iraq and Iran and in this place called the Zargos Mountains Valley, there was like this super duper um, uh, fertile land. And they apparently started growing like the first kind of peas and lentils and kind of agriculture was kind of being done back then. It's craziness. 12,000 years ago, madness. Because like tools basically were found that were kind of like, I suppose, the hypothesis is that these were farming tools and that we were farming things back then which is pretty flipping cool if you think about it. But we're we're talking about more modern times here now, right? And the United Kingdom, because it gave us the Industrial Revolution, like it, it, there was actually a, an agricultural revolution just prior to the, the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution was kind of like the mid-1700s, right? But you're talking about before that, the country had to basically be set up for the industrial revolution and how it was set up was through the agricultural revolution right so like there was things like enclosure where we didn't have like enclosure was when we kind of like basically closed in areas of land for for livestock and for farming through like walls and hedgerows the boys never did that before seems really 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 obvious for us now it's like here boys you got to make different fields and shit you know what i mean but like for the boys back then it wasn't really you know a done thing it was just vast expanses of land and it was so hard then to to like raise livestock on that land so so expanse so expansive and uh, it was very very hard to plant any any food right so like we were we were still highly disciplined and i suppose we were motivated people back then because life was still tremendously hard let's say we're at 80 percent and 85 percent hard right because we're going to start taking ginormous chunks off of this easy hard life thing here now. We're, we're still an incredibly disciplined people because life is calling for it. It's calling for us to be disciplined. Because if we don't have discipline and we don't get up every day and, and work and do the things that we want to do, we die. We die. We starve. We freeze. We don't have fresh water. We don't have the things that we need to survive, basically, right? And, like loads of different things came about and I, I think it's very very interesting at how all these things were chipping away at our easy uh, hard easy life and they were allowing the development of motivation and the word motivation came in and around the same time very interesting very very interesting but anyway right you've got boys then like charles townsend right who borrowed a dutch agricultural method called the four field system right four field rotation you know so the four field crop rotation was like basically there's lots of different um 
variation to this, but you'd leave one field fallow, right? So you'd leave one field with nothing on it, right? And then you'd have three different crops growing on the other three different uh, cr- uh, crops, and you'd rotate them. So basically, the boys had actually realized that this time, here boys, I was getting, you know, 20 bushels an acre there last year, and I'm only getting 15 bushels an acre this year out of the same field. What's going on? They basically had discovered that they were, you know, like nowadays we know that the the land was leaching nitrate and nutrition and nourishment basically for the plants. So that's why shit wasn't growing the same every year. But anyway, the boys realized this. So they said, we're going to rotate them crops and then we're going to be able to grow a fairly steady amount of food all year round and that's exactly what they did and it made a huge difference to people's lives because people were it was far easier to um to get uh, these these crops to produce a lot more food and you're talking about a time when you're talking about six or seven million people being in the united kingdom at that time and you know that the, the, these this population was growing the agricultural revolution was allowing for 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 people to to get food and it's all kind of building towards the industrial revolution do you know what I mean? so like you're talking about then right mechanization so you're talking about like the the 18th century right the 18th century we we had a huge amount of innovation in agriculture right and we had boys like jeff jethro tull right great name by the way, Jethro, Jethro Tull, boy, he was absolutely inventing shit to bait the band. The Fiend invented the, the mechanised seed drill and the horse-drawn hoe, the horse-drawn seed, seed drill and horse-drawn hoe, right? So basically, this boy, you had, to, you had to dig into the ground manually as a dude or a woman. You had to dig into the ground, plant your seed and... and basically hope that it was the right depth and diameter and space and um, that you did it properly. Whereas the boy Jethro Tull goes, here boys, look over yonder at ye old seed drill. It's going to do ye old flipping job for us super duper easy. So he invented the, the seed drill, the horse-drawn seed drill. So the basically, the horses we had domesticated five or six thousand years ago are coming into the fore now and they're basically driving the the mechanization of agriculture at this time and we're getting we're getting easier life's getting easier we're not out in the fields hoeing <laughs> we're not hoeing out in them fields we're not planting seeds out in them fields we're letting the horses do that so there's one dude now on the back of the horse driving the horse going hip 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 hasse 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 we got to get these seeds planted let's do it baby there's not 50 fucking dudes or, or or women out in the fields anymore planting the seeds. So life's getting easier for us, you know what I mean? And it's freeing up a lot of the population for working in the Industrial Revolution. We're constantly moving towards that. Because the boy Jethro Tull was inventing all this stuff just prior to the Industrial Revolution, right? And, like, basically because they were better at making this 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 food... That the, that the agricultural revolution had developed this ability for them to to really mass produce food and to uh, allow a, a far greater um, apportionment of food and, and uh, um, a, a greater equality. The general population was better for work, you know, basically. You know, so like, you skip forward then, right? You have your industrial revolution. Now, obviously, that comes with its bad points as well. Terrible, terrible pollution. That's dropping people's, you know, life expectancy. It's dropping people's um, quality of life and things like that. But all, throughout the Industrial Revolution, and what 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 I suppose for my argument is is so vital is before the Industrial Revolution, boys, you had you had basically two classes. You had the upper class royalty, you know, the serfs. You had and and the peasants, right? So you had basically. Two classes with a huge, huge lifestyle divide, right? So you had the big wealthy landlords that basically, they didn't really, you know, do anything. They just basically owned loads of land. You had the peasants that worked the land and there was no in-between. What the Industrial Revolution developed was this middle class, which, you know, a lot of us find ourselves in today. You know, I would probably say a middle class, you know what I mean? 
And this is where we're very, very conscious of the 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 script being written for us for motivation because life is getting easier for us boys like you're talking about the time if you're talking about the time when motivation first came into the english language it's an incredibly interesting time so like it's very very funny talking about agriculture but there was a dude called john froilich who actually invented the first petrol powered tractor right and that came around in 1892 and if you're talking about the the light bulb, right? There's, there was a dude called Humphrey Davy, right? Who was tinkering around with what we know as the light bulb today. Now, I don't even know if he was calling it the light bulb. He could have been calling it the electronic flipping light thingy. You know what I mean? You, I don't know what he could have been calling it. But it was, it was I, I believe it was Thomas Edison who... Um, who basically patented the first long-lasting light bulb and that was another huge step forward in the hard easy life because we were no longer held ransom to the sun sunlight natural daylight like have you ever had a power outage right and you're inside in your gaff how much better is your gaff when the lights work <laughs> when when you have a power cut and everything's dark you're lighting candles inside in the house and stuff like that you know what i mean life is not as good without having the light bulbs in the gaff just isn't it's harder to cut up stuff for your dinner you know it's harder to you know see where you're going not bop into stuff so all of these things started to come around in and around the time when, when motivation came into our came into our language so in and around this time of the light you know petrol powered tractor which was kind of leading towards getting rid of horses in the agricultural sphere and will soon follow on and you know the development of automobiles will come about and horses will be no longer needed for transportation really for for widespread transportation so like and and then that was huge in terms of the the move forward of agriculture and the move forward of society as a whole is because you know you didn't have to feed a tractor and a tractor didn't have to be rested either so you could drive a tractor from when the sun came up to when the sun came down and beyond if you wanted to you know what i mean but you could basically you didn't have to rest that tractor like a ho- like you would have to do with a horse so the production again was was vamped up right so like yeah and this is where i'm kind of going to start drawing from modern day times and how i'm going to th- how i'm going to say like yeah we're going to we've developed this script that we need motivation to do things because the hard, easy life has happened or whatever the case may be. And how we're going to flip it around now to we're not looking for motivation anymore. We're flipping it around. We're looking to become disciplined. We're looking to become disciplined, right? And this is not like hard-nosed discipline where we're like, you got to go out and you got to do it, blah, blah, blah. No. This is discipline. This is self-discipline. And what what the thing about discipline is, is that it's, self-discipline it's subjective whatever your idea of discipline is so if your idea of discipline is eating two digestive biscuits instead of eating 20 or your idea of discipline is eating an extra bit of fruit after you've eaten your takeaway just to get a bit of vitamins and minerals into you these are two things that i've actually drawn from my own life like i'm i i'm 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 a very disciplined person but there's times where i come in and i'll eat two tea cakes you know, before my dinner, because I just see them on the counter, you know what I mean, I'm human too, like, you know what I mean, I see these things, I want to go about and get them, you know what I mean, now, so, like, basically, like, there was loads of other things that happened, you know, the Industrial Revolution, you had, like, the printing press, Gutenberg actually invented the print, printing press long before the Industrial Revolution, but it was, it was, uh, it was a great way to get messages around the gaff, so we didn't have to be worrying about, you know, about, um, traveling over vast areas of of land to get these things these messages out and it it made it far easier to get these messages around the place and you had alexander fleming then later on down the line who uh, invented antibiotics by accident invented antibiotics He, he stumbled across penicillin which was absolutely like one of the most groundbreaking discoveries in humankind um because basically we were able to fight bacterial infections which was just you know which were killing a lot of people back then you know but like all of these things right are leading us to the modern day and the development of this motivation but what i really want to get through to you is 
we are still operating with a 50,000-year-old brain, right? So we've made all of these advancements, right? Our life is continually getting easier and easier and easier. We're getting into the, the 20th century, right? 1900s, moving forward, past World War II, into the 60s or whatever the case may be. We are still operating with that 50,000-year-old brain that says to us, okay, well, you're fed, you've got shelter, and you've got clean water. Rest, 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 rest. Huddle together, you know, for warmth. The Salutrian boys, they weren't fecking, you know, they weren't, you know, eating food and then going out and playing racquetball. You know what I mean? They were huddling together for warmth to conserve calories, right? They didn't know what calories meant. These boys weren't on flipping Weight Watchers or anything, but they... They, they knew that they had to stay warm to survive. And by staying warm, it'll burn less calories. They'll be able to store some fat, hopefully. Probably not, to be honest. I don't think they would have, you know, very a lot of fat stores back then. But we're still operating with that mindset. So that's why motivation is bullshit. Because we're not actually meant to be motivated. If we're looking after our survival, if we're looking after eating, drinking and shelter, there's not much else that our brain wants us to look after. It doesn't want us to go after other things. But modern life has developed so many other things for us to go after that what it requires us to do is to act without the motivation to act. That's the discipline. So, like, if you want to, if you want to get fitter or if you want to lose weight or you want to learn an instrument or you want to learn a language or you want to upskill or whatever the case may be that requires effort from you out of your day and it requires something that you know doesn't doesn't um it, it isn't you know um watching netflix all day you know which is very very easy for us our our minds actually love that shit our minds love that that we rest they love that we rest because they don't know when we might need to run away from a predator. They might they, they don't know if we m- might go four or five days without food and we'll need, you know, body fat on us so that we can survive. Because it's still thinking back in the Salutrian days. It still has us making flint fecking spears. You know what I'm saying? So this is where this script of needing motivation needs to be flipped. We're going to flip a dip a dip it, I promise you. Right? Because... We're not meant to be motivated. We're meant to be. Uh, uh, we're meant to be surviving. We're meant to survive, and and survival is so much easier these days. And like, even if you're living on the edge of society as like a homeless person or whatever the case may be, the chances of you getting food are quite high. Like even like you know there are there are um, stations like Simon Community. I know in in my own home hometown Cork, there's. Cork penny dinners. There's places where people that are homeless or people that don't have enough money to eat can eat. And there are also, like, the, the, in the terms of survival and survival mechanisms, there are there is food everywhere. And, you know, whether you can pay for it or not when it comes down to survival, when it comes down to starving or not, I think you're probably going to, you know, whip a packet of biscuits from Spar if you really need some food, if you're, if you're going to starve. You know what I mean? So, like, it's far easier for us to get food. We live in a country where the, the drinking water is, is quite good universally. We can drink the water from our taps and it's feckin' pretty good. And uh, a lot of us have shelter. Now, again, homeless people have, have that to deal with. And I think that's a, a lot of the reasons why we have such a high mortality rate within the homeless is because they have to bear the brunt of elements. And they don't have a great diet. They don't have a great... Um, uh, self-care <laughs> you know methods so that's why they they tend to um, why they tend to have a higher mortality rate than those of us that are housed but for the majority of us and it's, it's absolutely atrocious that there are so many people that are homeless but for for most of us our three main survival um, elements let's say are, are eating drinking and shelter are, are kind of taken care of so when they're taken care of our mind doesn't want us to do much past that. Do you get me? It doesn't really want us. So this is where we have to flip the script of motivation and get our get our discipline, right? And this is how I kind of did it, right? It's kind of very, very. Um, it's 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 almost kind of strange, right? Before actually, I get into flipping this script from uh, motivation into discipline. I just want to thank 
everybody who who became a patron of the podcast and of me um it took me an awful long time to even reach out my arm and ask people you know would you help me would you help me become a professional adventurer would you help me to spread the messages that i want to spread on this podcast it took me an awful long time to reach out that because you know it it takes an awful long time to for 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 me anyway to realize that what i have to say and what i am doing is worthwhile and is worth backing and sponsoring so i just want to thank each and every patron that became a patron of my patreon page and you are allowing for me to make this podcast and you're allowing what's fantastic is by being a patron you're 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 also allowing the people that can't afford to be patrons to listen to the podcast which is absolutely phenomenal fantastic it's a great system because it's not a tiered system you will always be able to hear my podcast regardless of whether you're a patron or not i i i would never ever in a million years rob anybody the opportunity to to hear the podcast just because they didn't pay me money every month but people that you know are giving me the price of a coffee or the price of an old scone a buttery scone every month it's absolutely phenomenal and it makes such a difference to my life to know that people are backing me in that way so thank you but thank you all for listening because it's it's um it's phenomenal to know that you know people are actually getting something from the podcast but anyway we're gonna flip some scripts up in here so in terms of my own journey with motivation by ah, oh, like when i was coming to the end of my thai boxing career when i was a bit lackluster about it and i realized that you know when i started to realize that look here connor i don't think this is for you anymore what i used to do was i used to sit down and watch youtube videos boxing motivation videos to motivate myself to train and fight and that should have been a bit of an alarm bell for me you know if you need to sit down and and gorge on you know beautifully produced boxing motivation videos to get yourself to training and to get yourself to you know get yourself ready to go for a run then i don't know if it's for you you know in a way like it wasn't coming from inside me and i think it was probably one of the red flags that allowed me to realize that fighting was in the past for me you know what i'm saying so like it can it can really be a great um eye opener for you um and re- maybe it might make you realize that what you're doing is not for you you know what i mean which is um which is perfectly okay you know what i mean we we change and move and 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 adapt and evolve all the time so if you're doing something and you don't really think that it's for you anymore it's all right like you know what i mean you can just stop or change the course or you know pick something else up you know when when i was training for my first marathon by i was watching running motivation videos before i was going out for a run and it's like okay i just didn't want to be drawing from the external and i suppose there's there's um there's there there are terms called extrinsic and intrinsic motivation right so extrinsic is like coming from the external so it's like how your environment motivates you to do something so that is like videos you watch people you see a speech you heard all of these different things are extrinsic motivation and i've relabeled intrinsic motivation as discipline here intrinsic is is a a a, a type of uh, motivation or discipline that comes from within comes from within yourself you're you're driven by yourself not by any you know external motivation and what the difference between those two things is is that one of them is constant and the other one is very much like up for grabs and is like is 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 undulating it's going up and down all the time so if you're if you're searching for motivation from the world man there's lots of times where the world you know gives us shit signs where the world just you know lands bad news on us and that's going to hurt our motivation but it's not really going to hurt our discipline because we are cultivating that ourselves so extrinsic motivation is what we want to kind of get rid of we want to flip the script on it and we want to get intrinsic motivation and or discipline right so what i did when i first started on this track and this trail because you know when i first started i was probably motivated i was probably like yeah i'm going to everything's new 
everything's ready to be discovered and you know I'm 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 getting into ultra marathon running and it's just beautiful and everything's going well and then a couple of weeks in I'm like oh I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm getting out of bed a bit slower I'm lacing up the runners a bit slower this morning you know I'm 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 taking a few more sips of that coffee before I get outside you know what I mean I'm taking my sweet ass time up in here and I was wondering okay why why am I slowing down? Why is my momentum slowing down? It was because I was I had lost that initial that initial spur of motivation, right? So this is when motivation was starting to leak, starting to seep out of me every day. I was starting to take longer in bed. I was starting to even click snooze on my alarm, something that I never said that I would do. I was starting to take ages to even go from a lying position to a sitting position when I was going off my runs in the morning and I was wondering like hey like I was you know I was fairly good not jumping out of bed but I was you know I was stopping my alarm and getting up straight away you know what is changing and it was because the motivation was leaving me and I was like oh god you know where is it going like you know what I mean and instead of like searching for something else to top up that motivation what I said was to myself was, I, I tricked my brain. I tricked my caveman brain. So if I was getting up in the morning knowing I was going to do a half marathon, I would say, look, oh, you know, not feeling it today. Just like, let's get up and get out and we'll just do 5K. And that's it. Or like we'll do a kilometer down and a kilometer back up. That f- sound fair, Connor? Yeah, sounds fair to me, Connor. Good, Connor. Unreal. Put on your flipping runner so by. Put on the runners, get out on the road, and I and I was taking way shorter time now to get out on the road because there wasn't this half marathon in my caveman brain. There was a kilometer down and a kilometer back up. So now I was like, ah, I can just fucking you know, lace up the runners, get my high vis on, put my head torch on if it was in the in the darkness, and get myself out on the road super duper quick. You know what I mean? I was feeling just dandy, but. It was because my caveman brain kind of gave me the permission to do it. So, your caveman brain doesn't like the idea of running a half marathon. Because that's going to burn calories that we will need, you know, down the line. You know, we could go four days without eating here, Connor, in, in, in my mind, you know, in my caveman brain. So, we can't be going out doing a half marathon. Okay, what about two kilometers? Yeah, we can do that. So, my brain was tricked. And I was able to... I, I was getting out of bed faster. I was lacing up the runners faster. I was drinking my coffee faster. I was getting everything done faster because my brain was no longer staring down the barrel of this 21-kilometer run. It was staring down a, a, a kilometer down and a kilometer back up. So I was tricking my mind. But what I was doing, and I didn't even realize it was, I was saying no to the voice that was telling me not to do it. I was just telling them fuck off. So the the voice that came in and goes, mm, it's pretty cold out, you know, it's pretty dark. You know, this, this bed is hella warm. We could just stay here. We don't even have to do shit all, Connor. You get me? I was saying no to that voice. And what I noticed was, the more I said no to that voice that's telling me to do fuck all, my, my caveman brain, let's say, the better I became at it. And the easier it became. And so it came to the point where I didn't really even have to trick myself anymore. I just heard the voice. I heard that voice. I had tricked him so many times and we had gotten so many workouts and runs done that we were not motivated to do. That, you know, by the time he had raised his flipping head this time, there wasn't even a need to trick him. I had built self-discipline. I had disciplined myself. I, I had built that discipline. So I didn't need to trick him anymore. All I had to do was, okay, I'm, look, I'm going to do it. You can say what you want, but I'm still going to do this workout. I know that it's really, really warm in here. I know that it's really, really cold out there. I know that it's raining and I know that it, the wind is blowing. But I'm still going to I'm still going to go out and do it. And that's when I flipped the fucking script on motivation and turned it into discipline. Because action with the absence of motivation, continuous action without the 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 introduction of motivation is discipline. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for continuous unmotivated action. 
that's discipline because there are going to be days where you're going to jump out of bed you're going to leap out and you're like i'm going to cannot wait to get out on this road and lace up the runners and fly off and i have those days too and they're beautiful and i grab them with both hands because they're fantastic but we're not going to feel like that every day so what we want is the ability to have the same action without that motivation and that's discipline so i would start start by tricking your caveman brain so if you have a 10k run or a big workout to do right and you're just like oh boys i'm absolutely bait work has me bait i'm destroyed my daughter is teething and i, I you know I'm, I'm it's absolutely driving me mad she hasn't stopped crying you know and my and my my lovely partner has left me this hour to get my workout done and i have to get it done right let's trick ourselves so let's turn that 10k run into 500 meters down the road and 500 meters back and let's change that strength and conditioning training into two sets of 10 press-ups right but when you are 500 meters away from your house and you're on the road already there's no need to talk yourself into it you're gonna just keep going and you're gonna do your 5k out 5k back get that 10k done bingo bango bongo and when you do your 10 press-ups and you're already in your gym gear you're in your gym area if you've got a gym area in your house or if you've got you know the ability to go to a gym or whatever the case may be you're already there you know you're going to make hay when the sun is shining you know so you're going to get the strength and conditioning workout done so we've tricked ourselves into getting a session done that we didn't want to do we didn't have the motivation but we did it because we were disciplined the more we do that the less need we're going to have for the trickery part and the more we're going to get done because we're just going to want we're going to want to do it we're going to we're going to want to go against that voice in us that we've went against so many times already we're going to want to go against that voice that says stay inside you know on a bit of netflix there you like that show that new show that's after coming out throw that on boy you know what i mean fairly sure there's a packet of biscuits in the cupboard as well you know actually it was actually mary's birthday in the office and didn't you take away a slice of cake with you a slice of cake in the fridge that's what i'd do i'd sit down watch netflix and eat that flipping slice of cake you know what i mean and i think you got one of the best parts of that cake too you know that voice we will quieten that voice and we will get out and do the things that we really want to do. We will pick up that French book and learn some French. We will pick up that guitar, strum a few chords and start learning new things about the guitar. We will lace up our runners and go for that run. We will pack our bags and we will go to that spinning class. Do you get me? We're, we're, we're moving away from this idea that we need other people to motivate us because that's not how we maintain a, a consistent life where we're able to do the things that we want to do. We're not getting motivated by such and such person on Instagram, you know, lobbing a, a, a tractor tire up and down a, a gym. We're not getting motivated by a very, very well edited boxing video <laughs> on YouTube. We're not getting motivated by these things because we're already, we're already disciplined. We're disciplined. We're gonna we're gonna act without motivation. We're not gonna we don't need to search for that shit anymore. I'm not typing boxing motivation or running motivation videos into YouTube anymore because I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm not going to be held at ransom by the extrinsic. I've got intrinsic motivation, and that's self-discipline. You know what I mean? And that's one of the most important scripts that I flipped on this journey was I have done some fairly cool things. I ran, I, I, I won a 200 mile race, I've ran a 100 mile race, the same 100 mile, mile race twice, and I did the second one 7 hours faster than the first one, 7 hours faster, that's almost an entire work day faster, and I've ran around my patio for 24 hours, I did 100 kilometers on a treadmill in a shopping centre, I've done all these things right, and it's not, this is not a hey look at me how great I am, this is a, those, those, events and those achievements were born out of 100 or 200 unmotivated days and i promise you that 
one or 200 days where I actually thought, oh my God, I can't be arsed getting out and running now. Or I can't be arsed getting into that gym. Or I can't be arsed fucking cooking up a nice meal for myself. I feel like I'm just going to fucking order another takeaway. And takeaways are fine. I eat them, you know. Bi-weekly, I'd have an old takeaway. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I enjoy it and I and I look after my body 90-odd percent of the time. It's okay to have an old bit of, you know, southern fried chicken, bit of hillbillies, Domino's pizza, your local Indian, whatever your poison is. It's not a bad thing to indulge in those things from time to time. That's all part of the fruits of life, you know? But those days allowed me to do those particular days, that two and a half days of the 200-mile race, were built up from, you know, a hundred plus days of, you know, training sessions that I didn't want to do, but I was disciplined in doing them, right, we're 55 minutes in now, I really kind of wanted to wrap it up at around the hour mark, and I probably will, you know what I mean, but like, boys, like, one thing I want to say is like, Zeus isn't sitting on top of a cloud, just laying out lightning bolts of motivation, you know what I mean, boom, I just got hit in the forehead by a a, a lightning bolt from Zeus of motivation that's going to allow me to have consistency in my life for, for the next couple of years. No, we, we, we'll manifest it ourselves because we're more than capable of doing it. There's nothing different about me or you or anybody else. We're all the same, but very, very different. So we, tran- we, we, um, we traipse through our own lives differently. So we find our own path, we carve our own path through life. But we all have, have, have a, a, a central humanity about us. So we all have the ability to do these things. We don't need other people to, to, um, to validate that for us. We can develop our own idea of discipline. And it's, it's a fantastic thing to do. And... I really, really enjoy talking about that because, like, the emergence of motivation and the idea of it coming in is it's it's more so like in the last twenty years since the real introduction of the internet, our lives have gotten so much easier. Like, I was just talking about takeaways. If you wanted a takeaway, all you have to do is fucking get the Deliveroo app, and you don't even have to talk to the boy. You can pay with your phone. You don't even have to talk to this dude. You can tell him leave it in the porch, please. Thank you very much. You don't even have to talk to him. You just go out to the porch, get your food, hop back in. You don't even have to chop a fucking onion now to eat anymore, right? And in some ways, that's like that's showing the advancement of the human race. But in other ways, it's showing us that we're losing a lot of tools. We're losing a lot of mental tools that allow us to be disciplined by, by our lives being like this, you know? Um... It's like, what are you saying, Connor? Like, next time drive and go get my takeaway. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that life has developed into this, I suppose, it has allowed us to survive very easily. And without the struggle to survive, we can then be left with, with a serious amount of inaction. And that can lead to unhappiness. It can lead to unhealthiness of the body and mind. And it can lead to, I think it, ha- it led me to my own mental health struggles. When my li- life was at its easiest and where I was like, you know, going into the same job, doing the same thing every day, it was so easy. And I was earning loads of money. I was eating takeaways every day. I was never cooking any lunches or dinners for myself. And I was eating takeaways and I was eating deli rolls and all this kind of stuff. When I, when I had the, the easiest of lives, is when I was actually least happy and fulfilled and I had I had li- very little meaning in my life at that time. And that's what I'm trying to say to you guys is that we we need struggle. You know what I mean? We need struggle. It gives us this purpose, this meaning. And through struggle, we build that discipline. And we build our own compass, our own compass that guides us through this life. So... I'm going to leave it there. And I hope that we can start flipping the script because I'm I'm still in the process. I'm still in the process of flipping that script. I'm a very, very disciplined man, right? But it is through hundreds of days of not wanting to do things that I have built this discipline because I, I, I actually can't remember the last time that I skipped a session. No, 
because I've built that discipline. But I used to skip sessions left, right and centre. I used to skip sessions and go out drinking all the time. But I built, I've built this discipline and I will probably skip sessions, you know, in the future. That's all part of life. But right now, you know, I've built these tools, I'm going to use them. So, let us leave motivation in the, in the late 19th century. You know, let's leave it there. Let's leave that need for, for us to be inspired, you know, back there. Like, inspired into being motivated, into doing something. We're just going to be disciplined. So we're going to flip the script on that. And we're going to start by just tricking ourselves. And then we're going to build that voice. That voice that says, fuck off. To our caveman brain that wants us safe and warm and fed. So, to each and every one of you. You've written the script. And you can flip it. And you can develop these skills in your life. And it'll... It will come to help you in times when you really need it. And motivation will not. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and love. Khan.